gospel is a very particular word or kind of speech in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, the gospel is God's promise of a son who will crush the serpent's head, forgive the sins of his people, raise them from the dead, and give them everlasting life solely on the basis of his grace for the sake of Christ. If you're interested in the, the beginnings of the church, you know, I think looking at the creed is a great way of, of getting into church history and really seeing where the faith kind of came together. In the scripture, the way it presents discernment is actually the skill that you develop where you're able to identify goodness. And what was surprising to me is that is much the way we use the language of discernment outside of the church. The real difference, I would say, like what patriarchy teaches versus what we should believe is that what they believe about the nature of men and women, that there is something fundamentally different about authority and submission between men and women. And that's not just like within particular relationships, but men and women in general. This is their nature. What are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment? The duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man. The Gospel never tells us something to do. The Gospel tells us about something that's been done. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. This is Colleen Sharp, and Rachel Miller is my co-host. And... Today, we are going to talk about kind of the seasons of life. Uh, Both Rachel and I have gone through a lot of changes recently, and it's gotten us thinking about seasons and the difficult things in them, and apologize to our audience for my barking dog, but difficult things, but also the good things, and sometimes change is can be difficult, can also be exciting, and So I thought it'd be fun to discuss it kind of from a Christian perspective, discuss what some of those seasons are, um, some of those trials that can can happen, and the encouragement that we have when we are in more difficult seasons. So, Rachel, do you want to read Ecclesiastes? You know, actually, I mean, think of the whole book of Ecclesiastes as you know, thinking about some of these things. You know, I was going to say for Ecclesiastes, it's always been one of those hard books to read for me. It feels like, wow, it's just so encouraging and and uplifting. And it's really not, you know, (laughs) and um, our our pastor did a series um, in the last two years uh, on Ecclesiastes. It was really helpful to hear him work through it and talk through it. And I have found it to be a much more encouraging book now uh, on the whole. So um, we should put those in the show notes. Uh, so Ecclesiastes 3.1, uh, there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. And then if I start seeing, saying the rest of it, we'll start singing the the bird song. Uh, but uh, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted. And The last part, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time to peace, for peace. Uh, Verse 11, he has made everything appropriate in its time. Uh, He has also set eternity in their heart so that man will not 
find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end, um, which I think is a good reminder that God is in control of our times, um, even through the changing seasons and times. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that this week, how sometimes it's like when you're going through a hard time, you're like, Lord, really? But he is. He's he's uh, he he's in control. And I always think of the passage, which let me let me pull it up, because it's the one that that I uh, really hold on to. Second Corinthians one eight. um for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction, which occurred in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. And some verses say they despaired to the point of death. Um, but it goes on to say that that they learned to rely on the Lord and not on themselves. So it's just a good reminder of how the Lord uses even some of the most difficult situations for good. And I, I think of that because some situations are very difficult. Mm, many. Yes, many. many situations are difficult. Se- seems like this last, um, what, year and a half has just been kind of lots of difficult things, one right after another. Mm. But uh, if you ever read things about seasons of life, and I've read some different things, a lot of times they, we, we call them seasons because of our, our seasons. We have, um, you know, the, the spring and the summer and the fall and the winter. And sometimes people will, you know, take some parallels with different seasons. And so I think one of the things why it's helpful to, to think about it in those terms, if you, you think about some of the good and bad things that can happen with each season, you know, spring is coming and you're looking forward to the growing flowers and, and the, you know, newness and new life and little baby birds and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, summers around the corner, it might not be quite, quite as fun, but you have different things in, in each season. Um, so it's kind of why, why they're called seasons and seasons have a beginning and an end, you know, any, anything we'll, we'll talk about what some of those are, but for instance, when you have a baby, you're kind of entering a new season. Now we have a little baby and having a little baby has so many wonderful things. It's wonderful, but there's also some challenges. Maybe you're not getting as much sleep at night, but that baby stage will end at some point. Um, you know, for me, we're, my husband and I are now with no children in our home, which is a, a different season, but all of those seasons, even the seasons that are difficult can have some good things. Maybe it doesn't always seem like that, but if you've ever gone through, I think as a Christian, you've ever gone through something really difficult and it just seems like there could be no good, like, Lord, what good could come out of this? Um, And in my experience, at least, it's usually after that difficult season ends that I can look back and I can see the Lord's work even more than, you know, right when I'm in the midst of it. But one of the things, and I've noticed this so much in my own life, that whether it's a a good season or a bad season or a one full of primarily blessing or one full of primarily suffering is that I I learn and grow. 
I mean, I think about who I am so much because of my experiences and, and God's work through those experiences. You know, there are a lot of people who have, you know, time or a season of the year that they really enjoy or one that they, you know, they dread or don't look forward to for various reasons. Um, And my, my mother-in-law living in Pennsylvania absolutely loved uh, cold gray winter days because it's too cold, too messy to do work outside. So those were the days you got to, you know, read your book and, you know, make popcorn and have an indoor fun day. Um, my father-in-law absolutely loves bright, sunshiny summer days. And the winter days are really hard for him. Um, for me, I've always loved the spring. I love flowers. I like to see them blooming. Um <laughs> I enjoy the summer for the break, but as you know, here in Houston, it's just hot and it's hot for months. Um, but I've never enjoyed winter. I don't enjoy it at all. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how those seasons, like you said, they're different times and uh, things that you can enjoy about them or look forward to and things in times in your life that are, even when the difficult times are, are things that often we can look back on and say, you know, well, this was something that was a blessing during that season. I think you bring up a really great point, Rachel, in that if, if you talk to any number of, of women about raising children, you'll find they have different thoughts and opinions on what was the most difficult season. Mm. Um, there are people that absolutely love the newborn baby stage. And there's people that really struggled through the newborn baby stage. So just even how we're all different, how we might approach those seasons, very individual to each one of us. So let's talk about some of the the different sorts of seasons. There's an unlimited number of them. We're just Mm going to talk about some of them. I want to talk about some that might affect, especially our listeners, kind of knowing what a lot of our knowing that a lot of our listeners are women and we have from single women all the way up to, you know, grandparents. So we're going to just talk some of those. I know, um, I think being single, just talking, I think that one can be a struggle for those that want to get married. Cause they don't know, you know, we talked about a beginning and an end, but maybe, you know, there are women that 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 is their life. So their seasons may be different, challenging about that season if you're desiring marriage. It certainly was for me. Um, you know, I talk about the fact that I I know looking back, I married relatively young. Um, but from the time I was a, a child, you know, when I, I wanted to have a family, I wanted to be married and you know, wanted to be a mom and and so I always was looking forward to, you know, or thinking about who that would be and what that would look like and when it would happen. And for me, it was, it was quite a struggle through high school and college and post-college. And I didn't date much. I wasn't asked out much. There was not a lot of anything happening and it was very frustrating. And I remember people encouraging, oh no, you know, something will happen. Something will come along. And I'm like, you don't know that. I don't know that. There's no particular right. promise about that, that it's going to change. You know, I hope it does. I'm praying for it too. But um, I think, you know, this is one of the things 
is a season of your life that I think is is really uh, important to remember uh, if you are single, especially if you are single and you don't want to be. Um, there is a lot of unkind and um, unhelpful uh, advice that's given. Um, this is, you know, people have heard me mention this before. There was a book that I threw across the room. Uh, this is before Nook, so I did not enter my Nook. Uh, it was an actual book, and it was one on uh, making the most of your time while you were single, while you're waiting to be married. And I remember reading it, and I only got a couple chapters in. And I remember thinking, these people, these women do not remember what it was like to wait and to be in that stage. And I was like, I promise if I ever am a, a wife and a mother and I have a family of my own in that way, I will not treat single women this way. And I hope that I haven't because it really meant a lot to me that this was not going to be the way I treated other women. Um, I do remember what it felt like and it was hard and it was um, uncertain and it was painful. Um, Lonely. Sometimes lonely. Yes. Other things now that I can look back to and think, you know, those were some, there were blessings in that time. Sure. There are things that were, were good um, places that I was able to grow and learn and, and, and help others and be involved with things in ways that it would have been harder if I'd had a husband or children at the time. But um, I think what what I want to say about it is I don't think it's right to think about this part of your life. If you are single and to look at it and say, well, I'm just sitting here kind of spinning my wheels and waiting until my life can actually begin. I don't like that attitude towards treating singles that way. Um, Whether you are single, whether you are married if you're divorced or widowed, whatever the stage you are in that part of your life, whatever that aspect of your life is, you are valuable. You are worth worthy of love and attention. You have something to offer and you are also someone who is um, deserving of the the benefits of fellowship and the church, um, whatever your stage of life is. I was thinking about the doctrine of vocation being so Mm -hmm. helpful and, you know, in the church, sadly, you, you hear from some of the single girls in our group where they are are treated like they're in a waiting game until they get married. That that's when you reach your doctrine of vocate, your vocation that you're called to. But if you're single, you're, you're called to being single in this moment. Absolutely. Um, You know, and the same goes that, there's some churches that look at that and they see, oh, these single people, they can, they have all this time to volunteer and offer because they don't have other um, and other responsibilities. And it can be an, it can be abused in that way too, where you know, taken for granted that you have, or like, just like with um, many uh, moms who either work from home or um, are homeschooling moms in the house and people assume that your days are open and you can, you have time to do things and, it's just not necessarily true. I mean, there's a lot of responsibilities that we have, um, regardless of uh, of what our, our marital status or our children in the home uh, status is. There was an a, a excerpt from a book that someone shared that I saw uh, today. Let's see if I can pull it up. It was something along the lines of, I'm not going to quote the book. If, you, if you've read it, you know it. Um, I'm not going to reference what it was, but it was something about how if we're married, then our identity is in our husband. 
Oh, yes. Um, and no, that's bad. Our, our identity, right. married, single, <laughs> widowed, divorced, whichever, whoever we are, however, whatever box we check when we fill out forms, our identity is in Christ, full stop, um, period, the end. That is our identity, is in Christ. Um, and it's, it's very unhelpful for to, to treat it that way, treat marriage that way, and treat our relationship with our husband that way. If you're single or if you're married, either way, this is a very dangerous way to view uh, the marriage or a marriage relationship. We're going to move into getting married. But I, I remember even in the change from being single to getting married, and I was so happy to be married. I was like, you, Rachel, I just always wanted to get married and have children and stuff. What I didn't expect is that I would grieve a little bit at the the loss of my single life. My friends, you know, were going to some concert or doing something and um, you know, I wasn't able to go. I was I was with my husband. And even though I was so happy to be married and so thankful, there still also was, okay, I'm I'm going to grieve that that season is over. I remember it being an adjustment. I was talking to a friend recently who's been married for a little bit and and I asked her, I said, you know, have you have you gotten comfortable with your new name? Right. And how do you get you you feel like you can respond to your name yet? Uh, and I was working professionally when I got married and I remember changing my name and I, I was happy to do it. It's what I wanted to do, but um for for a good six months, the only part of my name I was really confident of was my first name. The rest of it was kind of like, I don't know, name doesn't feel like me yet. Um, it's it's just a big change, and there were a lot of adjustments. Um, I from silly adjustments to uh, more serious adjustments. But like, I'm a natural night owl, and my husband's an early bird, and that was an adjustment. Like, there's somebody there, and I had to think about what he wanted and you know, what my, how, what I did was going to affect him. And I couldn't just stay up late. Like I would like to and sleep in like I wanted to. And, um, or even he was used to eating breakfast in the morning. I know silly, right? Um, how dare he? (laughs) And (laughs) before work, and I would not eat until about 10 o'clock. I need a snack at work because I just wasn't hungry. And so I had to adjust my schedule to making sure that he had time to eat and we got things done in the morning before we could go to work and it just, it, like I said, silly things, little things, but um, it was a big change. It was different. Uh, my life was very different then. And, you know, as, as we've been married, you know, we've been married uh, 21 years this year. Uh, Colleen, y'all are 25 this year. 26. 26 this year. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of change over the time. There, you know, there's, Many things we've been through, ways we've grown closer through hardships and things we've enjoyed and celebrated together. And, um, you know, I, if the Lord wills, I look forward to many more years together. And, you know, it's, you know, when we talk about marriage as a season, there are a lot, there's a lot of seasons in the, in that. There's a lot of changes and a lot of time uh, over the, the lifespan of a marriage. Yeah, there's seasons that you go through you know, together, Brent mm-hmm. and I are in that right now, you know, you, you go through having the little babies to having older children too, and you kind of work together and grow together 
um, you know, as you're, as you're going through those seasons and, you know, there can be hard times in marriage too. There can be, um, you know, for us early in marriage, we, we weren't planning on having a baby so quickly, but a few years into, I mean, a few years, a few months (laughs) I was, I was pregnant and, um, I had complications with that first pregnancy and I had to quit my job and we weren't planning on living on one income yet. We weren't really prepared for that. Um, but even though that, that can be so challenging and difficult that there's also such growth when you go through it together and and you work together through this difficult, you know, season that you're both in. Mm. And those, those things, I mean, if you, anyone who's been married any length of time, you look back in your marriage and think about some hard things that you went through, maybe the death of a parent, you know, different things like that, where you hold on to one another, you, you grow together and in your relationship. In the first two years of our marriage, we went through um, a career change because my husband graduated with his, I finished his PhD and we moved uh, across the country to start a new job. Um, two pregnancies and the, the death of our, our first baby, um, all within the first two years. And I remember looking at my husband and I'm like, you know, there's this list of things like, you know, the, the big stressors on a marriage and we, we were taking off all of them pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, if we can survive this, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have done something here. <laughs> uh, by God's grace, we, we made it through that very challenging season. There have been other challenging seasons since then. Um, and, you know, right now my husband's been out of work almost a year and it's been a very challenging season, uh, as well. It has also been, um, a time that we've grown a lot closer, uh, spending this time together and encouraging each other. Um, and I can see blessings in it that have been good for us, uh, for as hard as it, it is as a season. Um, and as much as I would be really glad for this one to be over. So if you ever read some article like in, uh, I've, I've read it before, I don't know where it was, but something like Psychology Today or something like that, they will have a list of uh, things that are really difficult on marriages that, mm-hmm. you know, a certain percent, percentage of couples don't survive uh, certain sorts of of trials, um, the death of a child, um, I know is one of them. Having a special needs child is another one. Um, the loss of a job there there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of them. But as Christians, I think that we we have this this benefit that when you're going through this difficult time, that together you can look to Christ and you know, everything's going to be okay. Maybe it's not going to be what you hope for, but you know, it's going to be okay because the Lord cares for us. And I think that when you go through those, those times, being able to really look to Christ together um, makes a big difference on being able to get through some of those, those challenging times in marriage. So a big change, I, you know, I, the the different big life changes having your first child 
is is a big is a big change. My husband and I used to do all kinds of crazy stuff. We'd go grocery shopping at eleven thirty at night and things like that. And having a baby now, there's this little person that we have to consider all the time, you know. And we're grabbing sleep whenever we can because mm-hmm. you know it. It's it's a really really big big change having young children. I remember asking other moms about, you know, what the, what the biggest transition was about having children and, and, you know, is it going from zero to one, you know, one to two, two to more. And you'd think that having, you know, three, four, whatever is like a a greater challenge. Um, But honestly, for many of them, and, and what I said for myself is that going from zero to one, was the biggest change, biggest adjustment, because it's just a complete um, overhaul of your life. Um, things are just very different. And even for all the wonderful things about it, the things that you're absolutely thrilled about. Um, I mean, with each one of my, my pregnancies and I was, I, I always wanted, I was always wanting to be pregnant when I got it pregnant um, so they were wanted and planned and desired and all those good things. And, but there was always a moment uh, in the pregnancy or several times the pregnancy where I thought, what, what am I doing? Why, why do I think I can do this? And then after I'd had one or two, and I was, why was I think I could do this again? What, what, what was I thinking? So just so you know, yeah. you're in that stage and you're thinking that's very normal to have those kinds of thoughts and questions about, can I do this? I don't know. Um yeah, you can do it. It will be okay. It's just, it's an adjustment and it's a change and everything's very, very, very different. Oh, my, my aunt says she, when she had her first baby and they're like, okay, we're discharging you. And she, she said, we're like, wait, you're letting us take this with us. You, you trust us to take care of this baby. And it, it is, it's such a big, a big thing. And, you know, some people, I babysat a lot, including newborn babies, but even with that, I'm like, can I do this? Can I, can I take care of this baby? And then your whole life revolves around feeding schedules and sleeping schedules and you, your life kind of revolves around this little person. You know, the, you can talk about the different times and the looking back things. And, you know, as, as many of you know, you know, we sent our oldest off to college and you know, Colleen and I were talking about this episode before we started recording and um, making our, our bets as to how long we could go before one of us breaks down. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> so my oldest is in college right now. And I think a lot about, those days when they were tiny because you know life was hard my kids never slept like whatever the charts say about you know children need x amount of sleep in a day mine were on the very bare minimum so there was no sleeping going on in my house ever naps were hard um and i was exhausted a lot and i remember how hard the season was on us and you know, it's not that I would go back. You know, the parents give the parents of older kids give uh, this this piece of advice a lot of, of oh well, you know, enjoy the time when they're little because it goes by so fast. And I always kind of rolled my eyes in a sense because I know what they meant. And right now, looking back, I really know what they meant. But you know, you're there in that time, and it's hard. 
and everything is new and you're, you're tired and you can't do the things that you might would like to do or have done in the past. It is a season that's, that's challenging. So um, while I would encourage you, if you're in those seasons to certainly enjoy the fact that you can still pick your kids up and hug them. Uh, Cause eventually that does, does end. They don't sit in your lap and hug you like that anymore. I still get good hugs, but it's not the same. Um, know that you are doing good things right now and, and enjoying their time with them and it will get better. Uh, these, the challenges um, change. Uh, you know, I remember advice when the kids were tiny that, uh, you know, each time with each stage, you know, thankfully it is just a stage. It will pass, but then there's another one. So there's, there are good things and challenging things about each stage of, of development with raising kids. Um, one of the hardest things that I have found now is that I enjoy my children so much. It's even harder to have them go because I miss them. I enjoy, I remember thinking where, you know, how people will say to you, Oh, that's my favorite uh-huh. stage or this, that's my favorite age. Like you have a five-year-old yeah. or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old. And I remember thinking um, probably about when my oldest was late teens, like I, every single age is my favorite. I just love every single one because they go from babies, which you get to cuddle them all day long to talking and you you get to help them discover language and discover the world and explore. And, and then just as they continue to grow from there, and then they turn into little adults and you watch them um, become responsible and independent. And I've just, I just enjoy all of it. Even, even now I, my kids all live far from me now in Colorado. We're, hopeful that a couple of them, one for sure, possibly two, that's probably more hopeful than it, it is reality, will will move here. And um, a couple of them are phone talkers, a couple of them aren't. So, you know, one of them calls me once a week and talks to me for an hour. And another one, uh, one of them called me this morning, a different one at four talk to me for about 45 minutes. And then one of them calls me three times a day for about 10 <laughs> minutes each. Then <laughs> you know? um, I, I just enjoy my kids even now as adults. And I, I like hearing how they're learning and growing and it's, it is, it's, it's sad. You know, there's something and I've wor- just worked through this, you know, just through going through different things. But yeah, you do grieve they aren't little kids anymore. And, um, but also excited for what the future holds for them. I can't mm-hmm. wait for them to meet women that they marry and have children. Um, one of my kids especially talks about that a lot. He, he just can't wait to have children. And, and Brent and I, we're having fun because it's, you know, it's been 25 years since it was just the two of us mm-hmm. and we're, we're enjoying our time together. That's just about us. You know, we're not go pick up this kid from soccer practice or um, when you take that one 
school shopping or, you know, you're just always, when you have kids in the house, there's always things to be done. So I've been really trying to just on a, on a personal, just really trying to see the good and it's okay to grieve. It's okay it's okay Mm -hmm. to grieve that last season. And in fact, you should, you shouldn't just pretend, okay, well now on to the next, but at the same time, um, just, I don't know how to say it exactly, but looking, looking for the positive, seeing the gifts that God has given me in every season that yet my kids aren't here in my house, but look at the relationship the Lord has given me with them. Um, that the things I get to talk to them about, and I, I just love seeing them grow and explore the world and think about what they want to do with their lives and hear their stories. And so that that's kind of where I'm at. I know this is, we will get to a point where I'll be more emo- emotional, but um, <laughs> I, I'm thankful that the Lord has helped me to be able to do that. You know, um, my, my dad had a very, you know, he's not with us anymore. He's with the Lord now, but, uh, my dad had a very difficult time. I think this is, we were talking about people having a different thoughts on each season. Rachel likes spring. Mm -hmm. I love winter. Give me, uh, give me a good blizzard. That is like my thing right now. You know, I, I love that. I'm not going to get one in Texas, Lord willing, but (laughs) although last Um, year or this last year, yes, I know we're hoping that that got out of this Texas's (laughs) system for a little while. Um, but my dad had a really, really, really difficult time, um, with changing seasons and whenever he'd get to a new one, he really had he really wanted the last one back. And maybe it's because I know he struggled with that and talked to me about it, that I, I didn't want to, to do that. And, you know, and I understand it because I, I do, I, I just want one more day with four little boys all trying to climb in my lap. I just one more so I could feel it one more time, but I want to also just see the gifts of God right where I'm at now. I mentioned the doctrine of vocation. What, what has God called me to in this moment? Where am I at? So there's a, a balance there. And also all the memories we have and being so thankful for that. Lord, thank you so much that I got to stay home with my kids and have that extra time. And just seeing the blessings and being thankful to the Lord. Even I think I've mentioned it before, but I recommend at least for a short time, even in just one month, keep a gratitude journal, get a little notepad on your phone. There's an app, at least there used to be and write down every day, something, something, um, Lord, thank you for the eggs I ate this morning, or thank (laughs) you that, um, I have a special relationship with this child or whatever. And then when you go, go through a difficult time, going back and reading through that, wow, I have so much more to be thankful for than I realized. Look at, I wrote 30 things last month, 30 different things. So, you know, a little bit, this is very transparent of what I have been going through just on a very personal level. Cause it's, 
we just moved another season and this has been a great move. And I am so thankful to the Lord that we can live here. Good church. I have friends here, but when I moved to Colorado from Chicago, it was not, it, it was one of the most difficult seasons of my life because I had left all my friends. I left my husband's family. I had a couple cousins in Denver. That was it. And I was so lonely and I was pregnant with my second child and I had no friends. And it was, it was a big shock to my system to go from having friends that we do play dates and have kids the same ages and things like that to being moving to a place that I didn't know anybody and my husband's working all the time. And I'm just, even though I have my, my son there, but still lonely. So some seasons are, can be extremely difficult. They definitely can be. You know, I was thinking about, you know, another one of the things is, you know, I have one, uh, two teenagers right now and one who's about to be 12. So I will briefly have three teenagers next summer. Um, and it's, it's one of those things when, when you have little children that people with the grown kids tell you, Oh, just wait, wait till they're teenagers and it'll be awful. Yeah, that's I hate when people that say that. That's oh. my biggest pet peeve. I hate it. It's, it's awful because yes, there are different challenges, but honestly, there are a lot of blessings with having teenagers. Um, they are fascinating people to talk to. They have very interesting ideas about the life in the world uh, and they want to share them with you. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to hear them talk about things. Even if you disagree with them, it's interesting to hear them talk about it um, and to share their days and, and their plans for life and all of the, the hope and future that they have. And so, no, I, I, I hate it when they, when people say that, because for me, teenagers have been not without challenges, but it's been a, a, a fun season as well. Oh, I, I loved the teenage years. And, you know, this is one of those things that's going to be different for everybody. You may have a child that goes through a really hard time and that's difficult on you. Um, so it can be different, you know, for everybody. But at the same time, I think even, even those difficult seasons, um, finding things to be thankful for, seeing kind of, I guess, the spring in the in the winter the mm. um you know there's i i know it can be challenging i have i i went through some difficult times um in the teenage years but it's also so wonderful when some by the way and i'm going to share this with you if you are a mom to teenagers and you feel overwhelmed and stuff one of the things i always say is they do grow up they they have so much going on. Rachel and I talked in the teenagers episode about even their changing brains and the sorts mm-hmm. of effect that has on them. And I think understanding that, but also appreciating that, that they're learning and growing and exploring the world and becoming independent. You know, they, it can be a little bit sad that they don't need you as much, but it is also um, wonderful to see them growing in you know, to their own independent person that can live without you. I mean, I had a little bit of hard time like that. Like, wait, you don't need me 24 seven anymore, but you should need me. <laughs> but <laughs> they need us in different ways. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. They need us in different ways. And that's been a, a, an interesting shift. 
had fun phone calls and texts from my oldest as he's adjusting to you know life on campus and doing things for himself and getting things done and you know like okay what should I do about this well it's really up to you what do you want to do <laughs> you know it's raining I'm gonna get wet should I eat in my dorm or should I go to the, go to uh, the, the dining hall real what do you feel like doing <laughs> Yeah, that's a my my youngest especially all the time. This is this is what's going on. What should I do? And and all my kids if they're sick, they call yes. me, "Mommy, I'm sick. I don't feel well." I'm like, "Okay, what's your symptoms?" I don't think we ever outgrow that. If you have yeah, that, that's that desire for someone to take care of you uh, when you don't feel well, that's it's one of those I think universals. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you talked about moving uh, and your recent move and the one years ago. Um, Matt and I've done the first early years of our marriage. We were moving like every year, um, you know, for different apartments or to different things and then here and there. And so I feel like we like every year I would feel like I needed to pack things up and start putting them in boxes because we did it so often. Uh and thankfully we have not in a long time, although we could again, who knows? Um, but moving is, a, is another, you know, of those seasons where there's, there's such a, a marked beginning and end to, to things and a grieving of the way life's been. Even if you're very excited about where you're going, very happy about it, there's still the, that change. Um, and maybe for some of you, that change is very exciting and, and you love change and you really embrace it. Um, I I don't like change a lot. <laughs> and so every kind of, kind of change like that is is daunting uh to me. Um and you know, we've moved we got married when we were in college station. We moved to Kansas, uh had two boys there and came back to Houston. Uh and then we've been in Houston a long time, but in a few different places. And you know, that the move back, like I was really excited about moving away because it was new and it's different. We've never done that. I hadn't lived out of state. And, you know, the reality of being so far from family hit and I had two little babies. And I remember being thrilled about getting to come back and being close to family again, having help with the kids. Um, it's, it's just one of those um, kind of unique and overwhelming challenges to me. The, the thought of moving, and it's been several years since we've moved. It was in town. The thought of putting everything, Coley and I were talking about that. We were talking about this before we got on. The thought of like putting all of your stuff in a box, moving it, and then having to put everything out again, and even knowing that you might have to do it again soon. It's just, it's overwhelming. You know, the amount of upheaval uh, that that is. Yeah. I was telling Rachel before we recorded um, we decide to rent a house for a year before buying something so we can get to know the area and see where we want to live. We did the same thing when we moved to Colorado, rented for a year and then got, cause you can look at different areas, but there's nothing like kind of living in that town. And I'm going to have to say for our listeners, my dog is snoring so loudly right next to me. If you hear that, <laughs> she's, she just hear. snores very, okay. Um, and so knowing that we're only in in this house that we're in right now for another 10 months, it's hard to feel settled because I know it's only temporary. And 
there, there are people that um, we have some military wives in the group, for instance, that are moving a lot. And I, I was thinking about that. Wow. That must, must be difficult. Or we're, I've had friends say, well, we're moving to such and such for a year, you know, and, and they're kind of going through it. And I should be thankful. Our last house we lived in um, for, I think, 18 years. And you really get settled in that amount of time. Um, so, you know, this is a, a different sort of season in, in that way um, for me also. One of the other big uh, changes in life, one of the big seasons that we, we all face at different times are different kinds of losses. Uh, mentioned my husband losing his job. That was a, a very new type of loss for us. Um, we've, of course, been through the loss of uh, pregnancy and child. We've, um, we have, um, you know, other types of losses with even you know, loss of friendship or loss of uh, a church community, um, loss of a parent. Uh, these are or you know, the loss of of good friends uh, through illness or or accidents. And I think, especially in the last couple of years, this has been you know, a topic uh, for many of us. Uh, a, a, a season, a challenge in our lives of uh, facing different kinds of losses. Um, and it's, it's very trying. It's very difficult. It's, um, you know, unpleasant to go through. And like Colleen's been, been saying, it's important to let yourself grieve and to go through, um, through the struggles We've talked about in other episodes, we've talked about the importance of lament. I think with loss and grief, uh, having a time of lament and taking our concerns to the Lord and crying out to him because he cares, because he does hear and uh, because he is compassionate towards us, uh, because he empathizes with us in our cares and our concerns and our hurt. Um, And that it's, it's appropriate to go before him and, and to cry out. Uh, if you're not familiar with, with lament, um, I recommend we can link our episode, but um, Christina Fox has a great book, um, a heart set free. And it's learning how to use the Psalms of lament, uh, highly recommended, great book. Um, and a really important concept um, especially as we deal with so much loss around us and in our own lives, and it's important to know uh, how to deal with that. Yeah, sometimes we as Christians, I think, in Christian circles, when you're you're going through a loss or something that you're grieving, I think we downplay those things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, God is sovereign, you know, which is true, yes. but it's still okay to grieve. Um, you know, and we look to Christ in our grief, but it's it's okay to grieve and to say this is this is really hard and to cry out to God that you know highly recommend the book Rachel mentioned because I think we don't talk about that it's okay to lament it's okay and and we we ought to and losses aren't things that we we you you can't really plan for a loss you know yeah. um. My dog being noisy again. She'll just be the third co-host here. When we first um, 
plan to move to Houston, my mom and my dad were supposed to be coming with. Um, my dad was really excited to, mm-hmm. to come here. And I, I've even grieved just coming here and my dad's not here with us. Um, and, and it's sad and he's gone and, it, you know, there, there can be so many sorts of losses that you can go through. So my best friend just lost her husband. And one of the things that for her to lose a spouse, you know, she said, all my dreams for the future were with him. And now I have to rethink everything. And I think with almost any loss, there is that sense where um, you have to rethink the future, rethink your dreams because they've changed now. And, and that's hard. It, it's really hard, you know, especially for, for my friend. I think it's important um, when we're going through losses and we're going through these changes and struggles, that we remember to encourage each other, to pray for each other, uh, pray with each other. Uh, if you don't know what to say, uh, I love you and I'm so sorry. Those are great things to say. Um, even if that's all you say. Um, the, the best thing that Job's friends did were to, was to sit with him quietly. Uh, that, that was that when they opened their mouths, it was bad. But um, it's okay uh, to, to cry and to grieve with others uh, when they are grieving. Uh, over their losses and it's okay to grieve our, our losses as well. I know that's kind of repetitive, but just a reminder. Have, I, I think it's important that we have some understanding that um, while you may, may be able to empathize with somebody in a specific way, because you've been through something similar and you, you ought to empathize that, you know, each, each one of us are, our suffering is, is unique to us. I hope that makes sense. I don't, I don't know how to say that no, exactly. The thing I wanted to encourage about uh, something that my pastor has said uh, a couple different times in, in different applications. Uh, like life is hard in general, right? Our lives because of the fall, because we live where sin and death uh, are, are common everyday uh, occurrences in our lives. Life is hard. And when we're living things and, and life is going really well and, and things seem good and, and we are enjoying this stage in our life and, and the things around us are good, enjoy those times because those times are short often. Um, and those times are, are unusual in the long run of looking at our lives. That Generally speaking, there's something in our life that is changing or it's a struggle that's, that's painful, that's hard and challenging. Um, and it was very encouraging to me to hear him say that, uh, because it was at a time when things were pretty calm in my life and just before things, many things changed, uh, in our lives. And it's helpful to remember that it's comforting to remember that it's normal and it's to be expected uh, that we're going to have, you know, the, the, the changes, the losses, the endings, the, the struggles. But it's also a good reminder that we were made, like we read at the beginning, we were made for eternity. And 
for those of us who who are faithers in Christ, who are uh, united to Christ through the Spirit, uh, we have an eternal hope. We have uh, something wonderful to look forward to always. Um, that is a promise that is secure for all of us. And you know, in this talk today about uh, season and loss and change and struggle, I want to encourage you um, that to keep our eyes on Christ, to remember whose we are, and to remember that He is promised never to leave us or forsake us, and that nothing can separate us from His love. One of the passages that I wrote down, and there's a reason why I wrote it down, which I'll share, but from Philippians 4, um, I'll read it and then I'll explain why I I uh, want to share this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think this passage is very helpful when we think about any season. But the reason it came to mind specifically is uh, five years ago, or is it? No, it's now six years ago. um, My mother-in-law, she was fine one day. She hit a parked car and she wasn't hurt, but the the police officers thought she was saying some funny things. So they sent her to the hospital. She'd been fine before this and they found a brain tumor and it was cancer. And um, within two weeks, they um, said it, a cancer that she'd had years before had returned and and it would take her quickly. And they gave her um, very little time to live. But every time when her pastor came to the hospice, that's the passage that she wanted read to her. And that had such an impression in me. She was in one of the most difficult seasons mm. of her life, the last season of her life. And this is what she held on to. Mm-hmm. And so it's been something for me, when, even when I'm in a difficult season, I try to go, because the last thing, usually if you're in a difficult season, I want to read rejoice in the Lord always again. Mm-hmm. I say rejoice. That's, yeah. that's not, and sometimes it's hard. The last couple of weeks have been very, very hard for me. Uh, it's you know we're not talking when we talk about rejoicing. It's not talking about that we feel you know happy with a smile on our face and we're just right. joyful and happy, clappy, and you know that rejoicing in things and rejoice in all things. You know those are the that's remembering that the Lord like the gratitude journal. I you know remembering what the Lord yeah. has done to take care of you take care of us remembering the hope that we have in him um, that is rejoicing in the Lord whether we feel joyful or whether we feel yes, exactly. uplifted at the time or not um, and that's when Paul talks about he's learned uh, to be content in all things you know it's the same the same idea it doesn't mean we we like the situation that we're in but we can rest in Christ. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you know. Um, my friend losing her husband. It's that's it's hard. It's it's hard ha- having, you know, she's got a five year old and a ten year old, and then 
several children older than that. And it's hard, but she, where she's finding comfort and contentment and peace is knowing that the Lord is near. So even, even in the most difficult, difficult of situations, and I know we have people that have gone through absolutely difficult things. My dog is trying to input something here. Um, (laughs) But the Lord is always near. We can always rest in him, no matter, no matter what you're going through. So no matter what season you're in, maybe you're in a difficult season that you're not sure it ever is going to end. And yet you can rest in the Lord. Good place to wrap up. Um, I'm, I'm going to put our pastor has the series on Ecclesiastes. So I think that will, I haven't even listened to it yet because I wasn't at the church yet. So I'm going to have to listen to that, right? The, you know, maybe this upcoming week too. We're going to link that in the episode notes. Uh, Amy Bird has something that she wrote that I read this week um, that I really like. So it's called, Can I Handle the Seasons of My Life? So read that because um, I think it's just, it's, you know, a short little blog post she wrote, but very encouraging. So I'm going to link that also in the episode notes. So, well, we, we've got, I know we've had a couple more, um, uh, I don't know what the word is for Christian life episodes. We actually have something very theological coming up. Um, so that I'm excited about, so we will see you next week. <laughs>